Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others so that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. All of God's Word is applicable to our lives. Even though we understand that the Old Covenant does not apply to us today, there is still so much to glean from it. Today, Pastor J.D. continues unpacking the prophetic nature of the Feast of Passover, this first Feast of the Lord. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on Resurrection Sunday, April 12, 2020. Over the last couple of weeks, I have been getting a lot of phone calls from a lot of people that I know, and we're just talking story and kind of going back and forth and talking about this and sort of comparing notes. And of course, we've been talking about Bible prophecy for many years. And I know I shared this before. I'm going to share it again. I hope you don't tire of me saying it, but um, this is surreal. This is surreal, and, but it's real. And I believe that we have right now the greatest opportunity of our lifetime to give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within us, as the Apostle Peter wrote. If you're watching this, and you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, you have never called on the name of Jesus Christ to be saved, I want to talk with you for just a moment. Uh, does God have your attention? Seems that He does. Did God allow all of this to happen? I would submit that He has. Is this leading up to the end? I absolutely believe that it is. Is life as we know it ever going to be the same again? I doubt very much that it will. So maybe you're watching this for such a time as this. Now that God has your attention, it is not His will that any perish, but that all come to repentance and to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you're watching this and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I really want to encourage you. This is the greatest time to be alive in human history. It is so exciting because everything that we're told in Scripture that would happen before the rapture of the church, I submit to you on the authority of God's prophetic word, is happening now. It's happening. And there's never been a better time 
to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that He was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. Maybe I could say it this way, it might be an oversimplification, but Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the only hope. That is our blessed hope. That's the good news. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you turn on the TV, and what do you see? Nothing but bad news. The numbers get worse. I mean, the, the eerie video that they show of these major metropolitan cities, and they are barren. Nobody is out, and everybody is locked in. And I believe that God has allowed this as one final warning, one final call. You know what's interesting in the book of Exodus during the plagues? Some of those plagues, Pharaoh was warned, and he hardened his heart. Some of the plagues, there was no warning. It just hit. Well, I believe God in His grace, God in His mercy, God in His love, He is giving the world a warning, a final call. Jesus is coming. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is your answer. You'll never know, as one famously said, that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. If I do anything right, and I hope I do, (laughs) it's to get you to Jesus as quickly as I possibly can. And the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're celebrating here today on Resurrection Sunday. When Paul writes to the Corinthians in his first epistle, chapter 15, I want to read verses 1 through 4. Listen to what he says. He says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast to that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. I'm reminded just now of another place where Paul wrote that a curse be upon him if he didn't preach the gospel. This is the preaching of the gospel. And he says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, And here it is, the good news, the answer, the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. According to the Scriptures means He fulfilled all of those prophecies in Scripture. And there are literally hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament pointing to the first coming of Jesus Christ that were fulfilled. And that's the gospel, the good news. The word gospel literally means this, good news. Your debt has been paid. You are free to go. Picture it like this. You're in a courtroom and you have been arrested, and you have been charged 
with a crime. And now you have to enter the plea. And the plea that you enter is guilty. And you've been found guilty because you have broken the law. And now the judge of the universe in this courtroom of eternity is now going to enter into the sentencing phase. And he sentences you to death, the death penalty. And then at that moment, in walks a man, no ordinary man. This is the God man, fully man, fully God, Jesus the Christ. And he says to the judge of the universe in that courtroom of eternity, hold everything, stop. I will pay the penalty. I will go to his death. I will go to her death in their stead. And the judge looks at you and says to you, good news, your debt is going to be paid in full. You are free to go. That's what the gospel means. And that's why it is the good news that Jesus Christ came and He died for you and He died for me and He paid in full for all of our sins, which we're going to celebrate here shortly with the communion table. One of the things that the Lord really impressed upon my heart a couple of years ago was that it was really important at the end of our prophecy updates to not only share the gospel, but a very simple childlike way to be saved, to respond to the gift, the offer (laughs) this gift of eternal life. And so I started doing what's known as the ABCs of salvation. And this is what I want to share with you now. The A is for admit or acknowledge, yeah, I've sinned. I've transgressed. I've fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. And you acknowledge your need as a sinner for the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 is very interesting to me because it really starts by pronouncing the bad news first, and then the good news. And I think that's, that's wisdom, especially when you're sharing the gospel with somebody. There has to be this understanding that we've all sinned, and that that sin carries a penalty. I, I often say it this way, I know it's not proper English, but the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. So what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is, is that the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Acknowledge that you've sinned and you need the Savior for forgiveness of sin. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, 
If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. I love that. It's not, you might, you could, you should. No, the jury's not out. The verdict is in. You will be saved. And then lastly, this is what seals the deal. Call, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans 10, 13, before we partake together of the communion table, it says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. For me, that was 38 years ago. And I had come to the end of myself, and I just simply, it had to be simple for me, I just simply called out to the Lord, prayed a simple prayer, Lord, in fact, I'm not proud of this, but when I prayed that prayer and called upon the name of the Lord, believing in my heart, confessing with my mouth, putting my trust in Him for the forgiveness of sins. I was so intoxicated. I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I was addicted to everything else. And when I prayed that night, I'll never forget it. It was a cold January night on the mainland, and I went into my room. I had heard the gospel presented very simply, very powerfully, very simply. And the Lord just, I mean, He got a hold of me. And I realized that I was on the highway to hell, literally, as my favorite band at the time, uh, ACDC, again, not proud of this, uh, would sing. I still, to this day, all these years later, I can recite the words to that song, I'm on the highway to hell. And I remember going into my room, and I shut the door, and with a surrendered heart and tears streaming down my face, I was, I slurred the prayer. <laughs> I just said, Lord, I, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be on the highway to hell. I want to be on the highway to heaven. And I actually fell asleep praying, and I woke up the next morning, and I was a new creation in Christ. And all those things before, I had no desire. It was really dramatic. I know it was different for everybody, but it was really dramatic for me. I went to reach for the alcohol, which I started my day off with a beer, and then the tobacco addiction, and then the drugs. And I went to reach for all those things. And the Holy Spirit now was inside of me. Because when, when you call upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, turning to Him for the forgiveness of sin, He indwells you, seals you for the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, and the Holy Spirit was indwelling me. And in that still small voice, as I went to reach for those things, the Holy Spirit said, you don't need those anymore. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I've tried in my own strength, my own willpower 
to quit doing these things. I could never do it. And not only did I stop, I had no desire. Why? Because I had tasted of the Lord and seen how good He is. And maybe that's you today watching this video. And it's not an accident that you're watching this video. And it's not an accident that you're still watching this video. I want to encourage you, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Wouldn't you agree that everything that we're seeing in the world today is changing on a daily basis, sometimes even an hourly basis? And there are those, and I I know this is um, (laughs) uh, kind of depressing, but they're even now talking about a second wave. And there is little hope on the part of some that life will ever return to any semblance of normalcy again. And I would submit to you that it is not this life. This is not our hope. Our hope is in eternal life. Well, I would like for us now to partake together of the Lord's table. So if you have the elements, you can get them now. Or if you don't have them, I'll give you just a moment to uh, get them ready so you can partake with us. This is the, how do I say this without sounding sensational or dramatic, but um, this is perhaps the most important communion celebration, I'll speak for myself, in, in my lifetime today. Today's communion celebration Jesus said that when you do this, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, Jesus wanted us to remember because we're prone to forget. Forget what? Forget what He did in that He died for us. He defeated death for us. He rose again and He's coming again. That's our only hope. My hope is not in science. (laughs) My hope is not in the experts. My hope is certainly not in the CDC. My hope is in Jesus Christ and His soon return. And let me just say this, and maybe this is for somebody watching that needs to hear this. The one thing, and don't get me wrong, please don't misunderstand me when I say this, but I'm so thankful for this coronavirus. (laughs) Again, don't misunderstand me here. Hear me out. Because it has done what nothing and no one heretofore could have ever done in loosening the grip that we have on this world and the things of this world. It is this moment in human history when people are turning their attention to the true and living God. This is the time. The time is now. And I'll even take it a step further, and I know I'll get criticized maybe, but whatever. It reminds me of that, that great illustration of the father and the son with their donkey. And so on this particular day they go into town, and the son's riding the donkey, the dad is walking alongside, and they're going to go into town to get supplies. So as they near the town, the townspeople start criticizing this young man 
Look, look at him. He's so young and strong, and he makes his poor father walk. The father should ride the donkey, and the son should walk. So the dad says, okay, son, next time we go into town, I'll ride the donkey, you walk beside, and then we'll just go get supplies. So that happens. And as they near the town, sure enough, here comes the criticism. Look at that slave driving father. He sits on the donkey and makes his son walk. Shame on him. The dad's like, okay, I, I, I know what we're going to do. The next time we go into town for supplies, we're both going to ride the donkey. That should silence the critics. So sure enough, they ride into town to get supplies, and here come the criticisms. That poor donkey, the father and the son are going to break the back of that donkey. So the dad's like, okay, you know what? Neither of us are going to ride the donkey. Okay, we're just going to both walk, and then we'll take the donkey, and we'll go into town, and we'll get supplies. And sure enough, they ride into town. They're both walking with the donkey. And here comes the criticism. Look at those stupid idiots. Here they have a donkey, and they don't ride the donkey? Moral of the story, <laughs> no matter what, you're going to be criticized. I've heard it said like this, if you're going to be in the ministry, certainly in the pastorate, you need to have the heart of a child, the mind of a scholar, and the hide of a rhinoceros. So um, I say all that to say this, and let the criticisms begin. But it is my belief that this may very well be the last Resurrection Sunday that we ever celebrate as Christians, because I believe Jesus Christ's return is at the door. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I used to say, for all these years, been doing prophecy updates, teaching Bible prophecy for 14 years from behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do. And I've been saying, the Lord's return is near. And now I stand here and I say this, not the Lord's return is near, the Lord's return is here. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Well, I like Luke's gospel and his account of what we affectionately refer to as the Last Supper. It's found in Luke 22. I want to read verses 14 through 20, as we partake together. Luke, by the Holy Spirit, writes, When the hour had come, he, speaking of Jesus, sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, listen to this, he's going to say this twice, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you, before I suffer. He's on his way to the cross. He's just got done telling them that. And this is the last time he's going to be able to eat with them and celebrate the Passover. And as he celebrates the Passover, he's the fulfillment of the Passover. And I'll explain that more in a moment. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.